Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. I am one of the ministers here, and it is a pleasure to be with you, whether you're here with us in the room or online, a very, very special welcome to you. One of my passions in life is video games. And if I'm honest, I probably like them a little bit too much. Over the years, I have accumulated quite a collection of games, and uh, the truth is I have very limited time now to actually play them, and uh, basically their resale value is virtually nothing. So they were an investment of my passion, but not exactly a wise investment financially. And to be fair, I, I did try and exercise a modicum of control. I, I did buy most of them either secondhand or on sale so that I wasn't paying great amounts for these games. But I still sometimes shudder to think over the last decade, how much money have I actually spent on my video game collection? Especially since if, if you're a gamer like me, you know that you get all of these games and then you end up playing your favorites again and again and again anyway. So you might have 100 games, but you really only play five. Let's be honest. That's how it works. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing ethically or morally wrong with playing video games. It can be actually a good thing. It can be stimulating for your brain. It's not illegal, right? It's a, it, it can be a fun thing. They can be a great way to relax, to kind of just unwind. But that doesn't mean that buying hundreds of them and spending hours and hours and hours of your time playing them is a wise investment in your life a wise way to spend your time. And I don't regret getting into video games, but I do regret the amount of money and the amount of time I've probably spent over the last decade playing them. I bet you know the feeling. Maybe some of you watch too much TV. Any guilty parties in the room today? A few hands going up? Yes, absolutely. You know, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing immoral about watching TV. It's a good way to pass the time and enjoy a movie with a family. But if that's all you do, and that's how you use all of your spare time, well, you'll never learn that language you're always meant to learn. You'll never go for that run that keeps your heart kind of really, really healthy. You'll never chase those dreams that require you to put in a little bit of extra time and effort and planning and thought. So all things in moderation is probably the best way to put it. You know, the truth is that sometimes making a series of unwise decisions in small things can lead to something much more serious along the way. They can lead you down a path that does lead you to something that is immoral or illegal. Small decisions can have big consequences later because every decision sets in course it sets in motion another series of events that leads to another decision and another decision. And before you know it, things start to get complicated. You know, the biggest regrets in our lives are usually prefaced by a series of bad decisions. Not just one. It doesn't just spring upon you and you have one decision. There's a, there's a decision after decision after decision that leads you to the point where your decision is bad enough to have serious consequences. And the truth is that we all make bad decisions uh, that, that kind of follow after one another at times, but sometimes they can be really serious. Our biggest regrets can be off the back of a series of bad decisions. Just one more beer before driving home. Just one more hour at work before I have to go home and face my parental responsibilities. Just one more business trip with that coworker that I find attractive even though they're married. You know, one decision at a time we get closer and closer to that line. You know that line, the line between an unwise decision and an immoral one. The, the line between good and evil. And 
We flirt with disaster as if our moral compass could never fail us at the most important of times. And then we find ourselves in terrible situations of our own making, wondering how on earth we even got there. Well, we got there one bad decision at a time, one unwise decision at a time. So how do we learn to make better decisions and have fewer regrets in our lives? Well, over the course of this series, we've aimed to look at a number of different questions designed to slow down our decision-making process and make us think very carefully about the decision that we're about to make. And whether you're a person of faith or not, I think these principles will be really, really helpful for you. So if you've missed any of the episodes of this series before, I really encourage you to check them out on a YouTube channel. You will find them helpful for making better decisions and having fewer regrets in your life. The first question we asked was the integrity question, which is, am I being honest with myself? The second question was the legacy question. What story do I want to tell with my life? The third was the conscience question. Is there a tension within me that I need to pay attention to right now? And today, I want to ask a fourth question. It's called the maturity question, and it simply asks, what's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? You know, wisdom is so important that there are entire books of the Bible dedicated to it. Proverbs, for example, is a wisdom book just with loads and loads of statements that have been passed on from generation and generation to help people make better decisions and have fewer regrets. If you haven't read it, I recommend you read it. There's some really great Proverbs in there. There's some great wisdom, and some of them are really funny too. So you'll probably enjoy the experience. But, you know, one of these sayings really perfectly sums up the difference between wisdom and foolishness. It says this, it says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. You know, instead of simply doing things the way you've always done them and doing the same thing again and again, every decision that you make should factor in your past experience, your current circumstances, and your future dreams and hopes and aspirations as well. And only when you look at the big picture of life can you be sure that you'll be able to spot danger before you walk your way into it. That's how we prevent a pattern of making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. When we think a little bit longer term about the implications of each one of those decisions and where it's leading us. And make no mistake, you must ask if a decision is wise. Because the world that you live in and the culture that you live in will lead you a different way. It will lead you into temptation, into consequences and regret. We know this, don't we? We know that there are so many things around us that say, I'll go on. I'll go on. Just one more. I'll go on. Spoil yourself. Oh, go on. Just, just do this this one time. And that's the beginning of a chain that can lead to big, big regrets. You know, the world may have improved many, many ways over the last few thousand years, but the fact is human nature is still to gratify our immediate desires as often as we possibly can, often at the expense of the things that we actually value the most. One of the early Christian uh, leaders and the author of a number of books in the New Testament, a guy by the name of Paul, was a wise and experienced pastor and leader and he wrote to a church in, in the then modern city of Ephesus, very cosmopolitan, all kinds of things going on there. And this is what he said to them. He said, be very careful then 
how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, in these two verses, Paul exhorts Christians on how to live their lives and why. In fact, he does it in the first four words of verse 15. He says, be careful then. You know, the word then implies that he's already told them something. And in fact, if you read verses 1 to 14, you find out that he's already explained and laid out the reason why they should make wise decisions, why they should be careful, why they should live their life this way. And in the preceding verses, he's pointed out that they are called to follow God's example, particularly the example of Christ who sacrificed and gave up his life in love to the people around him. And that they're not to follow the immorality and the greed and the obscenity that are so common in the culture that they found themselves in. He gave a very stark warning, actually, to this church in Ephesus. And he told them that the consequences of these kinds of idolatrous actions were going to be severe. That there was no place in God's kingdom for people who continue to live like this. That they would incur God's wrath. So based on what Paul has already said to them beforehand, based on what he's saying to them now, and based on what he says about the future coming, they were confronted with the need to make wise decisions. And they were told they should be very careful how they live. Because the days that they were living in were evil and God's judgment was coming. Now, maybe you're listening to me today and you don't believe in God necessarily, so you're thinking, this isn't really relevant for me, but hang on a second. Just, just kind of hold your horses, listen a little bit longer, because you might not share my faith at this stage, but surely you've seen enough examples of people getting themselves into trouble to know that unwise behavior often leads to evil behavior, and evil behavior often lends itself to consequences. You don't have to believe in God to know that adultery could cost you your marriage and your family in a really messy divorce. You don't need to be a Christian to believe that people who continually choose to live immoral lives usually face consequences, whether that's from people that they've annoyed or offended, whether it's from authorities and prosecution. The only thing that I'm saying this morning that maybe you're not sure about yet is that as Christians, we also believe that we will face God's judgment one day. So whether you're a Christian or not, Paul's advice to, to live really carefully is just simple, good wisdom. Because there are so many opportunities in this world waiting to trip us up. Maybe they'll come, may, maybe the consequences of our actions will come in the form of lingering regret for something that we've done. Maybe you'll face retribution from somebody that you've hurt. Maybe your family will disown you. Maybe the state will prosecute you. Maybe your friends will distance themselves from you or your dreams of the future will evaporate as a result of the bad choices and bad decisions that you make. Maybe you've always found an excuse for poor behavior. But make no mistake, one day you will reap what you have sown. That's just life. Life has a way of showing us that there are consequences to our actions. And I know life isn't always fair. I know that sometimes good people suffer and bad people seem to get away with a lot. And if you read the Bible, you see that a lot. That's one of the biggest complaints we have, isn't it? But the fact of the matter is that's not always the case. Sometimes people get punished for their behavior. People suffer because of their choices. 
Andy Stanley puts it this way. He says, our excuses escort us to the threshold of regret. I'll say that again. Our excuses escort us to the threshold of regret. So instead of living this way, Paul instructs his, his listeners in two different ways to combat this. Firstly, he says, be wise. Be very careful how you live. Be wise. In other words, don't cozy up as close as you can get to that line. You know that line between good and evil, between permissible actions and illegal behavior. You can probably think of examples of how we do this. Maybe you're the kind of person who likes to drive over the speed limit unless there's a speed camera. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up if that's you. If you know that's you, stop doing that. It's very naughty. Maybe it's a tax loophole that you found. Maybe you don't pay as much tax as you probably should. Maybe it's worse than that. Maybe it's a tax haven. You know, tax avoidance might not always be illegal, but that doesn't mean it's moral. It doesn't mean it's the right thing to do to withhold tax so that other people don't benefit from that tax when everybody else is paying. That's how our society runs. Maybe it's your relationship choices. Maybe it's your dating habits. Maybe you're dating someone right now that you know you have no future with, but they're fun right now. But is that wise? Is that really fair to you or, or to them? Do they even know it's not going anywhere? Have you told them that? Are they okay with that? Probably not. It's not wise. And consequences come. Perhaps certain things in your life are permissible. But that doesn't make them wise. It doesn't make them wise choices. Maybe you're married, but you know that you flirt with somebody else. You're getting pretty close to a line that you could cross without even ever meaning to. And the consequences could be huge. Maybe your friends drive without a license. Or they take drugs. You're at risk, folks. If that's you, you really need to think about your life choices. Because you might be getting yourself into a situation by one or two decisions that could lead you into a significant problem. It's not a bad thing to befriend people whose lives are troubled. But it's not wise to spend all of your time being influenced by that group of people all of the time. Because you may very well find that you start making some of the mistakes that you can identify now. Wherever it is in your life that you feel like you're snuggled up to that line, that line between good and evil or legal and illegal, or however you want to view it, wherever that is, you need to start taking steps to distance yourself from that line. You need to start making wise decisions and not assuming that you'll always in the moment be able to resist the temptation that takes you over that line. That's just wisdom, folks. Whether you're a person of faith or not, this is wisdom, ancient wisdom, that is relevant for your life today. And if you are a person of faith, you know that in your heart of hearts, this is more than wisdom. This is obedience to the one who has given himself and showed love and sacrifice. And you are called to be his disciple, the one to follow him, to live not just for yourself, but for him and his kingdom and for your neighbor and for the good of the people in your community. Paul says, be wise. But Paul also says a second thing. He says, make the most of every opportunity which literally means to redeem or to ransom time. I love that idea of trying to redeem time. Because you know the thing about time is, once it's gone, it's gone. And what he's saying is, you can redeem it before you lose it. 
You can use it more wisely now. You can take that opportunity to do the wise thing now and you will be thankful for it later. Not only will you have fewer regrets, you'll have more joy in your life. You know, time is the most valuable resource we have. The problem is we have no idea how much we have. Nobody does. Nobody knows how much time we have left in our lives. I could leave this building today feeling fit as a fiddle and I could get hit by a car on the way home through no fault of my own, and my time is up like that. Make the most of every opportunity. Every moment of your life is precious. Don't make the mistake that I've made, maybe, spending too much of it on leisure and entertainment when you could have learned a new language or done something else that was also fun but actually worthwhile and meaningful. Maybe you've wasted years on a dead-end relationship and it isn't heading towards a good commitment. You really can't afford to squander any more of your life, wasting your time. The days that we live in are evil because people don't ask the right question, the maturity question, is this wise? And because people don't ask that question, there are consequences to their actions. And those consequences make life difficult for people and the people around them. We all know this, but somehow, we tend to just push it to the side and ignore it from time to time. And that's how we find ourselves, one bad decision at a time, getting ourselves into a whole bunch of trouble. So whether you're a person of faith or not, I'm prepared to wager that you probably know in your heart that some of the decisions that you've made have not been wise in your life. And you face consequences. And they're not great. And if that's you, I just want to say that makes you a human being. Welcome to the club. We're all there. We've all done it. But that doesn't mean we should keep doing it. That doesn't mean we can't learn from the mistakes that we've made. And some of the decisions that you've made could be the greatest teachers that lead you to a different future. Before you make a decision, folks, ask yourself a simple question. Not is it immoral, not just is it immoral or illegal or can I get away with it. Ask yourself, is it wise? Is this really how I want to take this opportunity and spend it. Because you only get one shot at every decision. And if you're a person of faith or you're exploring Christianity, I want to encourage you, why not find someone that you can talk to to get some wisdom? Somebody that you trust. Somebody that you know understands maybe a little bit more about the circumstances that you're in. Maybe a little bit more about the faith that you're exploring. Find someone who is a source of wisdom to you. And just allow that wisdom to kind of wash over you. You know, just as spending time with the wrong kind of people can be dangerous for you, spending time with wise people is always a good idea. It's always going to benefit you. You're always going to imbibe some of that wisdom and begin to do things differently that are beneficial for you. And if you're exploring faith, I want to encourage you to try and maybe ask one of those people how to learn how to hear the wisdom of God on a daily basis. Because having that wisdom available to you every single day is, is like gold. Just knowing that God can speak into your life and your situation, no matter what decision you're facing, and he can give you the wisdom that you ask for. That's wonderful. If you've never experienced that and you don't know how to go about doing that, come and chat to us. We would love to talk to you about ways that you can hear God's voice giving you wisdom through your everyday life. And the challenge that I leave to you is this. Once you hear wisdom, 
Once someone gives you wisdom, once you read a story that, that teaches you a lesson, maybe in the Bible, maybe you're praying and you get a sense of the wise thing to do, my challenge is how will you respond to that wisdom? What will you do to ensure that you make the most of this opportunity and do the wise thing, not necessarily the expedient thing, the wise thing? Remember, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. We all mess up. We all make bad decisions from time to time. And I'm so grateful that you never give up on us. You never condemn us. You never say, that's it. I've had it. I am sick of these people. That's not you. In fact, while we were still sinners, living in sin, you sent your son to come and pay for that sin and to show us a better way. We are so grateful that we have this example of Jesus who spent so much time with people who weren't religious at all and were living their lives without any real connection with you because he loved them and he wanted more for them. And Father, the people that, that he got really angry with are usually the religious folk who were pretending that they were making all of the right decisions when actually they were living like hypocrites. Help us all to humble ourselves before you today and to know that, Lord, we need your wisdom whether we think we are wise or not, in your eyes, Lord, the truth is told. And so, Lord, help us to humble ourselves before you and seek your wisdom and then put it into practice. Like a wise man who understands the importance of making the most of every opportunity. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.